Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Seven thirty-six. Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. Always nice when I can visit with old pals here on the program. And uh, one of the greatest guys in the world joins me on the phone line right now. Stand-up comedian, television actor, golfer extraordinaire. And the pride of Harvey, Illinois, Mr. Tom Dreesen joining us on our phone line. Hello there, my friend. Hi, Dean. How you doing? I was just thinking when when you were talking, I was just thinking, everybody talks about I did the Tonight Show 61 times, but I think I've you've interviewed me 122 times. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I, w- I was bound and determined to beat Johnny Carson. <laughs> And so you did. Not not something that anyone can uh, say with uh, with ease. How are you, buddy? I'm doing real good. Doing real good. I, I uh, you know, I'm, as you say, I'm playing golf and when I can. But I've been performing a lot, doing a lot of shows, and working on a lot of new material. Last night I was at the uh, world famous uh, comedy store uh, trying out new material, and I thought on the way home. 45 years ago, I was on that stage, that main stage at the Comedy Store with Jay Leno and David Letterman, and last night with Sebastian Malakasko and uh, and Bill Burr. So, wow, <laughs> it keeps going on, you know. Isn't that interesting that uh, the uh, Maniscalco and Burr? I mean, they're two of the top stand-ups in the country right now. They want to go back to the Comedy Store. Is that you know, like trying out new material? Is that you know just keeping their skills sharp how do these accomplished guys that don't need to do this and you really that don't need to do shows like that you just go back in to keep your skills polished it's both of those it's working on new material because i'm constantly and they are as well i'm constantly writing new material and and also uh keeping staying oiled you know uh whenever i come off the road from all my one night shows all my one-man shows that I'm doing, I always go back there and try out new material. There are the Laugh Factory. And the top comics of today did it, the top comics of yesteryear did it, and the top comics of today do it. it it's, and also, it's a great room. Uh, the audience is really, really excited about being there. You yeah, know? I was only there once as an audience member, and it was kind of cool because it's such a legendary uh, comedy place. Uh, but I know that Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle... Uh, guys like that. I mean, Eddie. When's the last time Eddie Murphy did stand up? But he'll go to the comedy store and just you know go in. And I, I think it's just also kind of fun for guys who have been doing it for a oh, long sure. time. Am I right about that? Yeah, sure. Chris Rock. I saw Chris there a while back. We talked, and uh, it just as a matter of fact, it was just before the Academy Awards, and he had his arm in a sling. And I said, "What happened?" He said, "I tore my rotator cuff." I and I guess he had serious surgery. I said, "Gee, I." tore my rotator cuff on both shoulders at different times in my life and i rehabbed it without surgery he said tom i tore my rotator cuff so so when he went on to host prior to the will smith incident he had just taken that cast off oh geez wow so getting a getting a big slap in the face probably didn't help his physical condition uh at all if he's just recovering from uh you know some surgery uh having having somebody smack him in the mouth (laughs) 
oh boy. And, and you know, it's interesting, after that, all the comedians are going on stage with apprehension because, you know, how that starts a trend. And so I'm on at the Laugh Factory like a week later, and, it, and, um, and, and it's a nice audience, a good audience. And as I'm coming off stage, the, you know, the bright lights in your eyes, you can't really see them taking steps down. And a guy with a pull-down hat and sunglasses comes up and puts his arms around me. Oh, boy. It, it, and I went, whoa. You know, but it was Justin Timberlake. <laughs> oh, really? And the reason that he, you know, because he came in after the lights went down, after the show started, because he, he's so popular, he couldn't come in and everybody see him. It sure. would take away from the show. So he came in the back door with his wife and another couple, and they sat in a booth stage left, you know. And, he, and he's a member at my country club. We play golf together sometimes. Ah, and so okay. He came in to see me, and, and but he didn't want to tell anybody. So when I came off stage and I saw this figure coming at me, I went, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a little bit unnerving, uh, you know, for something like that. I went to see Wanda Sykes uh, a month or so ago, and, you know, she's hilarious always. But there was like a little skirmish that took place in the audience, uh, enough so that Wanda, this was uh, not too far after the Will Smith incident, and and when uh, shortly after somebody charged Dave Chappelle on stage, uh, she stopped the whole showdown. She she stopped it down. She had her security people. I'd never seen anything like this during a comedy show. And she wow. even said at one point, this has never happened to me, ever. As long as I've been doing stand-up, this has never happened. But it seems like everybody's taking extraordinary precautions now because the world, the world has gone crazy, basically. I agree. What's interesting, today they'll announce in these comedy rooms, uh, there'll be a two-drink minimum, blah, 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 uh, shut off your cell phones. There's no heckling of the comedians. Mm. And when, when I started out in show business, there were no comedy clubs. Heckling was part of the nightclubs you went to. Yeah. If they couldn't heckle, they weren't coming to the club, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you had to learn how to deal with that, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's, that's very interesting. So while you're doing your, your, your show, You've kind of got your eye out, aren't you? I'll bet you're watching the crowd and seeing if anything seems unusual to you. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I, they at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, they put a a screener there, so the the audience had to walk through a screener. Oh, no kidding! Before they could go sit down, and I go on stage and I said, you know, folks, you'll notice there was a screener out in front, you know. Uh, so, however. We didn't have any screener on our entrance, and I patted my side like I was carrying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom's uh, going to be back in the Chicago area, back home again uh, on September the 10th. Uh, let me take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about what you're going to be doing out at the Mackinac Arts Center. Tom Dreesen with us this morning in just a minute. Seven forty-five, Dean Richards Sunday morning, WGN with our pal Tom Dreesen coming into the Chicago area to the Mackinac Arts Center uh, on September tenth uh, for a show. What are you going to be doing uh, out at the Mac, Tom? I'm, you know, I do this one-man show around the country, a ninety-minute show called "The Man Who Made Sinatra Laugh," and it's stand-up comedy. Uh, but it's the journey that I took, you know, the journey from Harvey to Hollywood. And so it's a lot of it's stand-up comedy, and then I segue to a bar and I tell a funny story. And uh, the, the you know when the audience is laughing, the lights go out, and Frank comes on the screen singing. It's quarter to three. 
there's no one in the place except you and me. He's like singing to me. I'm behind the bar, yeah. you know. And uh, then um, he go during the, the chorus. He goes off screen, and now the, uh, the spotlight hits me, and the audience is in a bar with me, and I've come home. And I tell him the first time I heard that voice, I was 10 years old, shining shoes in a bar in Harvey, Illinois, and uh, he was on the jukebox. And then I take the audience from that little boy hearing Frank Sinatra on the jukebox in Harvey, Illinois, to one day carrying his coffin out of a church in Beverly Hills, California. So I take them on that journey. And while I'm telling stories, funny stories, pictures are coming on the screen authenticating the stories I'm telling, as well as video of Frank and I. And, and, and also, the, you know, the, the, the touring with uh, the Tim Reed and I were America's first black and white comedy team, and history shows we were the last. So I have stories about that, and, and, uh, and it's, it's just a fun, fun show. You know, and uh, it's been, I'm doing it all over the country. You know, I'm, I'm doing it in Miami. I'm doing it in Atlantic City. I'm doing it in Nashville. But it's more fun for me, really, to come back home. So I'm doing it in Glen Allen, as you pointed out, at the Mac Theater in the uh, Belushi Performance Hall. Right, right. Which is fun. Recently renamed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And... And uh, it's it, it just, it's so much, it's it's really fun to do this show, but it's even more fun to come home and do it because that's where it all began for me. 52 years ago, September 1969, I went on stage for the first time in my hometown, you know, and and, uh, and I'm, it's always exciting to come back, you know. Do you uh, get to hit some of your old haunts when you come back home? I know often you're in and out quickly because you have other engagements and things that you have to do. Uh, but uh, do, do you get a chance to to you know go to places where you grew up? Sure, I I, I go. As a matter of fact, they're like in um, they're having a homecoming in uh, September 16th in Harvey, and I'm going to try to get to that you know for the football game and and just go back. You know, they named the street after me back there, so I uh, I go back every now and then to. Um, I'm trying to get the mayor to put up a toll booth. Uh, where we can make some money, but <laughs> you get out there and polish up the street signs while you're out there, you know, pick up uh, litter stuff like that. Yeah, I try to talk to the students too. I give motivation talks. I, you and I have discussed this. It's a hobby of mine giving motivational talks. I talk on four subjects: perception, visualization, self-talk, and develop a sense of humor. And I try to talk to the students at Thornton High School where I went, you know, on occasion. Uh, and they're great. The, the kids there are great. The teachers there are great, and they're very receptive to that. You know, you know what? We got a, a text here from the seven hundred eight area code. Tom Dreesen. Uh, decades ago, came to a restaurant to meet a band I was in, and he gave us an inspirational talk and and advice. I'll never forget that. He's a man among men, absolutely love Tom Dreesen. So, you know, your word stuck with, you know, know, one guy here at least is uh, still thinking about the words that you imparted that day. Oh, that's very nice. That pleases me greatly, you know. Um, It's... you know, I think it was Helen Keller who said, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. And I've had a daring adventure, and, and I've had a lot of rejections in my life. You know, I've been knocked down, but I keep getting back up. I, I have a book out now called Still Standing. This is a cheap plug, but it, it's still standing in the subtitle. is My Journey from Streets and Saloons to the Stage and Sinatra. And that's really what my one-man show is about. But it's about... I'm, I'm, I've been a stand-up comedian 52 years, but I've also been knocked down a lot, and I keep getting back up again. And, and that's what I try to talk to others about, that, you know, this is a wonderful journey we're on, this journey of life. It's a blink of an eye in the annals of time, you know. We're just here for a blink of an eye. <clears throat> and to try to, you know, just be all you can be in that blink of an eye. You know, chase your dreams and yeah. don't give up. 
you know. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. I tell people that all the time. I say you're going to hear no more than you're going to hear yes. It's just a matter of you know how you how you get up and dust yourself off and keep pursuing what your dream is and don't let anyone tell you no. Uh, you know that's uh, that, that, that's how how it's got to be. I think you know crazy world that we're living in. You know, absolutely. Aside from Sinatra, I mean, you've worked with some of the greats, uh, with uh, 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 Sammy Davis Jr. For example, what were what were some of your uh, Sammy experiences like? Sammy was the first one who took me. He saw me after I did my first appearance on the Tonight Show, and he took me on the road with him. And uh, it, it, to sit in the wings and to watch this man perform, you know, was show business 101. He taught me so many things about the business and how to approach the stage and take command of that stage. And um, he, he was an incredible uh, performer. Uh, the, you know, bar none, Frank Sinatra said he never heard Sammy hit a, a bad note. Sammy could sing as good as anybody out there. He could dance better than anybody out there. He could do comedy as good as any comedian I met. He was the best impressionist I ever heard. He could play the piano. He could play the drums. He could play the trumpet. You know, yeah. There was nothing he couldn't do. Yeah, know? it's one of, one of my biggest regrets is that I never uh, got to see Sammy Davis live. And uh, I, uh, I think it was at the Chicago Theater toward the end of their lives, uh, Dean Martin... Sammy, maybe Frank. It might have been Frank also there. It was all three of them. I was there. Yeah. Oh, I would. I I, I should have gone. I wanted to go. For, I don't know what came up. I didn't, and uh, it's one of my regrets that I never got to see Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, you also worked with uh, Smokey Robinson. That's an interesting combo. What was that like? And still do. I, I tour with Smokey, <clears throat> you know, a lot and and uh, do shows and we we play golf together. We're the best of buddies. Um, you know, every year I would go back to Chicago and run 26 miles for multiple sclerosis because my sister Darlene right. had that, and we called it 26 miles for Darlene. But I'd bring all these Hollywood celebrities with me. American Airlines was sponsoring them, and they would fly them in, sponsoring my, my uh, run. And they would fly in, you know, Frankie Avalon and Tony Danza and Eddie Marinaro and, and uh, Frankie Valley and, and um, Tim Reed. And uh, I could go, I mean, so many of the people, as well as Smokey. And the celebrities would run a mile or two with me or a block or two. Smokey's the only one who ran all 26 miles no with kidding. me. No kidding, no yeah, kidding. And, and he's, I mean, to be with Smokey, he's, he's, he loves singing for you. And I love making people laugh. So we, our shows were just a, a, a lot of joy, you know. I mean, it must have been a thrill for you. You grew up, you know, as Motown was in its earliest days, and Smokey was such a big part of that. What a thrill for you to be, you know, friends with somebody who was a part of creating Motown. A guy, you know. By the way, Smokey's written over four thousand songs. Yeah. This is this is unbelievable. As you and I are talking, he's getting a check from ASCAP right now. You know? <laughs> but he was interviewed one time on Entertainment Tonight, and he was talking about me. And the woman said, "How long have you known Tom Dreesen?" He said, "My whole life." She said, "Really? You're from Detroit, and he's from Chicago." He said, "I know, but certain people you meet." Five minutes later, you feel like you've known them their whole life, ah, yeah. and that's how Smokey and I connected. Uh, and, and to this day, you know. Uh, they're doing a documentary on my life now, and Smokey's uh, in the documentary, and he says some real nice things. Oh, you know? that's nice. That's nice. I didn't know about that documentary. When might that be out? Hopefully, it'll be out in, in the fall, but it looks more like it might be the first of the year. Okay. We've got a lot of film and archiving stuff. And, and, wow. Uh, 
and it, yeah. It's, okay, we'll keep our eyes open uh, for that. Let me throw one more name uh, at you. You are pals with uh, David Letterman. You appeared on his show. I don't know how many times you were on Letterman, but you oh, were all yeah. all the time. Uh, what what was that experience like? Now, and uh, do you still uh, keep in touch with the great bearded one now? Yeah, he calls me all the time. You know, we. Uh, I, I tell you a quick funny story. Uh, I should tell it during my one man show out at the uh, in Glen Allen on, on uh, September ninth uh, or September tenth. I'm sorry. Uh, I should tell that. So anyhow, he he called me a while back and he said, Tom, every time you do an interview or I do an interview, you we always tell how we met. Uh, you know, in front of the comedy store, it was my first day there. I saw your set, and I, you came off stage, and I complimented you, and we became friends. I said, yeah. He said, well, it's a boring story. I said, well, I don't care, but it's true. He said, I don't care, it's boring. From now on, tell people that you you came off stage. It was my first day in L.A. I was in the parking lot, but I stole some material from you, and you beat the hell out of me in the parking lot. <laughs> I said, now, why would I tell a story like He said, because it's a better story. Now, a week goes by. He calls me, and he said, do you know the governor of Illinois? <clears throat> I said, no, I met him, but I don't know him. He's, he had some issue that he wanted to help some autistic adults in, in Illinois, and there was some state statute or some I don't know what it was. But I said, no, I know John Cullerton, the Senate Majority Leader. Uh, would, could you call, in, call him? I said, I'll call him. I called him, and I told him the story. He said, oh, tell Dave not to worry about that. We've got that all taken care of. And I said, could Dave call you and you explain it better than me? He said, sure. I said, oh, John, by the way, when Dave, when you help Dave, tell Dave the reason you're helping him is because Dreesen beat the hell out of him in the parking lot <laughs> the comedy store. He said, okay, I'll do that. So now 10 minutes go by, my phone rings. I said, hello, and it's Letterman. He said, didn't I tell you that's a better story? I told you that's a better story. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Do, do you, you talk to him now? I mean, he's in pretty much seclusion. Oh, yeah. He, he makes an occasional appearance uh, when he does. Uh, I, I, it just reminds me of how much I miss him, how groundbreaking he was, how, how really he changed the face of comedy with his late night show, don't you think? I totally agree. Um, he, you know, he, 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 you know, I see him. He calls me all the time. We talk about you know the, the old days at the comedy store. In fact, he called me the other day about me working in the main room of the comedy store. He said, "Golly, what is that like?" You know, because that's what we did back in the day. I said, "It's it's just um, it's like time stands still for me." You know. Yeah. But he's he's he's. Uh, and what does he do with this? What does he do with this time now? He he does a lot of things. He, as a matter of fact, he's got a show on Netflix. You know, where he does one oh, yeah. hour. He, he, yeah. Yeah. My ne- my next guest needs no introduction. Or he he just does a one on one interview, like a really deep dive, with fascinating you know celebrity people that nor in the past on his old show he would spend uh, you know three four five minutes with. Now he he does like a full hour with somebody. It's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's. He's an interesting guy, and he's very much interested in people, and, and uh, so he he likes those long interviews. I used to hate it when I go on a show. You only have moments. You got seven minutes to get like six stories, and you know, right, right. and go real fast, you know. And, but we had such a good time whenever I was on with him. So, know. did you ever uh, say to him, Dave, what's up with the beard? Well, you know, what I thought was at first that he didn't want people to recognize him. He wanted to be able to mingle with the world now, now that he was off the air. Yeah. But the beard, he's more recognizable. Right, now, you know? <laughs> right, right. 
But I think when you're losing a little hair on top, a little hair on mm. the face helps a little bit. You mm. know? I, can re- I can relate to that. I can relate to that. <laughs> Tom, it's great to catch up with you. And uh, everybody uh, should come out to the Mackinac Arts Center out in Glen Ellen, Saturday, September the 10th, uh, to see Tom Driesen, the man who made Sinatra laugh. Uh, let me see if I've got a website here. Naturally, I don't. But if you go, it's a t t. You can go at themac dot org. Ah, perfect. At themac dot org. Perfect. Perfect. Or if you can remember this number, you can call six three zero nine four two four thousand. Very good. Very good. So, what's up for your Sunday today? You, you got to be. I'm, I'm surprised that I, I have you for a full half hour here, and you haven't. You're not on a golf course. Well, I'm, believe it or not, I'm heading there as soon as I hang up with you. <laughs> I'm not some, I'm the, there is no believe it or not with that. I, I believe it 100%. Uh, the great, you know, some days I play like Ben Hogan and the other days like Hulk Hogan, but it's a great sport. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Driesen, it's always good to talk to you, buddy. I hope we see you when you're in town. Me too, Dean. Let's have lunch at Gibson's or something like that. I would love that. I, I would love that. We'll sit right under your picture at Gibson's. <laughs> Okay, good deal. There's Tom Dreesen. Thanks, buddy. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. The uh, show again at the Mackinich Arts Center at themac.com. Tom Dreesen, the man who made Sinatra laugh Saturday, September the 10th.